0: All right, 8-12 on this Wednesday morning. We are joined by the one, the only, Neil Atkins. Good morning, sir. Oh, well, there you go there. How you doing? I'm fine. I got something for you. What do you have for me? I saved this. I found this this morning. It's in my left hand right now. You can hear the paper rustling.
1: Uh-oh. I saved this just for you. Oh, what now? What do you... And you won't
0: show so I me I think you're going to need this at some point <laughs> in your life. Okay. What do you have? What this you is have? from CNN, it looks like. Five things you should never do at a nude beach. Ooh.
1: Now if Lou Lato was here, he'd be very interested.
0: Trust me. I saw this and thought of him immediately. <laughs> and then the second person I thought of was you because you were here today. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right. Somebody talked to an 81-year-old woman who's been a nudist for over 30 years, and here are her top five things that you should never do at a nude beach. Number You want to guess at any of these? I, you tell me. I'm not <laughs> Number one, don't park your chair or blanket too close to anybody. Just like a regular beach, leave some room. It's even more important when everybody's naked. <laughs> Number two, no gawking. Oh don't stare at anybody too long. And if you strike up a conversation with a stranger, maintain eye contact. <laughs> Number three, don't talk about anybody's body. Even mm. if you think it's a compliment, it's not something you're supposed to do. Number four, if you're there with someone, no PDA, public displays of affection. I say, I say, Anything that even resembles sexual activity is frowned upon. I would suspect. And number five, and this one should be, uh, probably of all these, this might be the most obvious. Don't take pictures. <sighs> If you do, maybe like a selfie at sunset or something. Make sure there's nobody in the background.
1: Well, it seems pretty go. logical. Yeah, it? Uh, I I've never never <laughs> been to a nude beach, but in some uh, European countries and other countries they allow that. Yeah, and I was uh, down uh, undermite in Australia, and a friend of mine and I we went up to uh, Surfers Paradise, which is up the west coast, going on to Cairns. We were down in. Sydney, and we uh took the flight up to Brisbane, and went to Sur- Surface Paradise, and rented a condo there. And he and I went to the beach, and he was from Canada, and <laughs> there were women that were sunbathing, topless. Okay. Yeah. And he 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 just couldn't stop himself from staring. I said, let him. Do their deal, he goes, but look, but look. I said, well, and and he'd been to Europe before, and I think he'd been to some of the French beaches that are like that. But, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 whatever it is. But it is it is interesting culturally where people are, and you know the nudist camps and all that jazz. Uh, when I lived in Japan, when I was stationed over there in the military, they had some real strict uh, rules and regulations on movies. Okay, a lot of censorship. Yeah, yeah. And I remember a movie that we, we uh, some buddies and I went to, we had movies on base that weren't censored, but there was no porno or anything like that. But there was some skin once in a while that you'd see. And then off base, in the Japanese economy, there were movie theaters, and they'd have some of the first-run flicks. And so we went to one, and it was in English with Japanese subtitles, okay, which we were lucky on. And in in the movie, there was a display of a woman who, who was uh, topless. It was... Uh, a war flick of some sort and and there was something going on, and the the women were running and and they didn't have anything on their tops. Well, the Japanese had a little squigglies so that squiggled and moved around over the breasts, okay, so you technically couldn't see them, but right. you you could okay, right. so you knew what was there, so I saw that type of censorship, but we were invited by some Japanese that worked on base. To come to uh, one of their big hot seat baths, bath, public baths, and they were, you know, hot steaming baths. So my buddy of mine and I come, and there's we brought our swimming suits and put our swimming suits on and went into the the bath area, and it was uh, Mama San, Grandpa San, you know, all the the older people, the younger people, everything in between. Everybody was naked except for us, and they all kind of looked at us like we were weird. And we all felt we were uncomfortable because all these people are naked from the ancient people to the youngest people. And there were no qualms about it whatsoever. It was the big public bath. So we thought it was interesting because that was viewed as non-sexual. But on the movie screen, it was viewed as sexual and it was censored out. So it's kind of interesting culturally how it
0: was. Yeah. Um, it, It is kind of weird. Like, you think about our culture here... Versus a lot of countries were very prudish here,
1: for whatever the reason. Does that come from the old Puritanical, the Puritans, when they they came over uh, on old Plymouth Rock back in 1620? Maybe. When the original religious stuff, you know, it was kind of, if you look at the history, you know, when Shakespeare was zipping around, uh, during that period of time, if you look at the history of it in England and Europe, uh, there's kind of a sexual revolution, and then all of a sudden it kind of changed. It became kind of puritanical, and uh, and then that, you know, what we saw here, and the Europeans generally are much more open about displays of nudity than we are in the United States. If you, Unless you're at a nudist beach, if you decided to walk down the beach here at Park Point Naked, you'd probably get cited, arrested, should, and taken away. You would, all those things. Yeah, all those things. <laughs> so... But so don't do it. Okay? No. I don't I think our listeners are wise enough not to do something. I
0: like I that. think so too. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I would st-
0: steer clear of that unless you're somewhere that like a nude beach, for example.
1: This is they true. do exist. Ah, uh, they do, and I have no idea where they are, but I, I remember mean, neither do I. Lou Lotto used to our old uh, uh, host here yeah. used to go down to Florida and he claimed that the only tan line he had was for his wristwatch. <laughs> But he always claimed yeah and our buddy todd fedora yeah i never uh,
0: we never tested that theory out but uh
1: and no, n- didn't wanna
0: no absolutely <laughs> not what you do on your time
1: is your business but apparently he had a a, a beach that he could go to down yeah. there and he was a worshiper of the sun he really uh yep. he really liked liked that and i know uh uh you know he was a tanned man to say the least
0: oh yeah and uh he had, he had some issues that came from that. He
1: did, he did. He had some uh, little things that would pop up on there his forehead and stuff th- like that. We, there was one day. At the station? I probably shouldn't say this. Well, that's the, probably the day I got called in. No,
0: I don't think. One I'm day I sure. got called in because he yeah, had one of them that so, started bleeding. Maybe, but so this would have been, so he passed in 2011. Mm-hmm. I was okay. let go there in 2008. So, and I was producing his show for about a year, two years somewhere in there. I love working with him. Um, for prior to that. So at some point between two thousand six and two thousand eight this happened. It would have been a summer day because he was he would always he would spend the, the winters in Florida and, and very rarely come up here. Um, so he was up here full time in the summer. So it would have been summer day and he calls me at like seven forty five or so. He's like, I can't stop the bleeding. Yeah, because he had one of those legions that popped open on yeah. his face, yeah. and he's like, I, I, "I'll be there to do the show, but I, you know, I'm, I might be a little late, just so you know." And about eight thirty or so, he shows up, and he's still bleeding, yeah. and he cannot stop it, and it, it was bad. Like we had to call a cleaning crew into the bathroom to uh-huh. to clean the bathroom because it was full uh-huh. of his blood. And he ended up having to go to the hospital, and they they patched him up in ten yeah, they minutes. They
1: cauterized it. There yeah, was they, one, ten one...
0: minutes or so. But I think either I called you in and you were late getting. I had to run best of segment. It yeah. was like I had like an hour out of Phil.
1: Yeah, that's the day. That's the day that you called me on. and yeah. then, then he got it squared away. He and... keeps
0: wandering down the hill. I'm like, it's like ten thirty. I'm like, what the heck? He's like, yeah, we're, we're good.
1: <laughs> well, you know he. But he 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 was a worshiper of the sun. That's oh, yeah. for sure. And he had, uh, I had, I have to be careful because uh, on my forehead I've had a, a little cancerous deal that they had to remove, and it's all because of getting sunburned. And I've yep. got really lighter skin. Yep. And uh, and so it's I have to I go to see the dermatologist a couple times a year, and they check things out. And there's a little cream that I'll apply uh, from time to time. That's a kind of a chemotherapy cream that builds off. Uh, burns off all the little uh, squamous cells they kind of call them, and get rid of it, and then everything's nice and smooth. And then uh, some of them come back. They're they're potentially precancerous, but they're not. But every, all of a sudden, there are one, one that'll erupt, one that, and it was interesting. I, it was kind of like a, a pimple.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep.
1: And it, but it was sore, and it kept on. It wouldn't go away, and all the rest of them had. So I went and got it checked out, and sure enough, it was uh, that type of skin cancer. It's not the melanoma that can kill you, yep. but it's the regular skin cancer that you got to deal with.
0: Yeah, and I know all about that. My, <clears throat> I've got a relative who was diagnosed in April, mm-hmm. uh, and he just had a spot at his back that he just decided to get checked out. And they're like, "Ah, uh, yeah, you've got melanoma." Yeah. So they, and that's that whole that whole process is so they they remove the initial um, cells from the, the surface of your skin, but then they dig, mm-hmm. and they dig, and they dig. They go deep, and they try to get everything out of there. Yep. So they – and they told him, we're pretty sure we got all of it, but he's got to get checked now every – I think it's like every three months for mm-hmm. three or four years to make sure nothing is growing back. And as long as nothing grows back in those three or four years, then he's he can be cleared to only have to go back like once a year to get checked.
1: Well, you've got to be careful. I've known people that they didn't catch the melanoma, yep. and it killed them. Oh, yeah, that, that yeah. one can get you. Yeah, and uh, so you've got to be careful. I had a friend of mine, uh, when he was in the military, a young guy, I had a growth on his chest, and they checked out, and it turned out to be a melanoma. And they said, well, we don't know if uh, they they got it all, and they, they said, well, this this it, it, it might not work for you. Well, he's in his sixties now, and it did work for him, and and they caught it you know, when he was in his early twenties. But uh, you just don't know when these things are going to pop up. Yeah, no,
0: it's it's you know, get check yourself regularly. If you see if you feel something on your on the surface of your skin that you don't think belongs there, don't feel bad about calling your doctor, because that's not one you want to mess
1: with. Uh, no, no way. This is our morning for medical advice. Here.
0: I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Nudity and medical advice.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: You want to join in two one eight seven two two zero eight three nine. We don't have to talk about this stuff the whole hour. I I, I saw the the nude beach thing. I, I got to save this for Neil. This is too this is too good to not share. I think
1: that was that was poetic. Say uh, you know Bruce. We have all these problems with crime, and uh, you know we've talked uh, crimes an issue here in Duluth, and uh, there's people running for office that are. Unhappy, think that things aren't going right. But every once in a while, uh, things happen here. And this uh, happened in our region. Uh, A guy was found dead in a freezer. And this is out of the uh, Minneapolis uh, News Tribune. This is out of the July 8th. Uh, And this fellow was up on the range. And uh, he was found dead in a freezer in an unoccupied home in the Bowabic area. And apparently he was... He was hiding from the police.
0: Yeah, I saw this. It yeah. was just
1: wild. And uh he was found uh uh June, the latter part of June in this chest freezer. Uh it was not possible to open from the inside and it was uh, it was not on. But unfortunately the the well the guy was running from the cops but um obviously he suffocated in there and couldn't get out. What a horrible way to go. But uh yeah. That's yeah, a. You just don't know when things happen like that.
0: No, sure. no, you you don't. And, uh, I So, I, 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 those initial reports, you're like, oh, how the heck did he end up in the freezer? No. And, and it didn't feel like there was any, you know, urgency. No, not urgency is not the right word. They're trying to figure out what happened. But it didn't feel like there was any need for us to be on, on the lookout for somebody that stuffed the dude in the freezer, almost as if they had a feeling this is how it happened.
1: Well, he was, uh, he was. He was uh being looked for because he had a felony warrant out for him tied to a conviction for uh possession of a controlled substance in twenty twenty one and so they had a warrant out for him and uh, uh apparently he was seen in a home fleeing uh from the upstairs area of the house and the, the with the police uh presence near the residence and he went and hid and uh it's a a terrible ending to uh the, you know, I, I feel bad for anybody that that happens to. But yeah, yeah.
0: As, it, as it turned out, he the, the freezer he hid in was one of those that um, it, when you close it from the inside, you cannot open it from the inside. Right, right. So he was on you. Yeah. he basically trapped himself. Yeah.
1: Well, that's why you know when you have old refrigerators and that sort of thing, you you take off the doors and that sort of thing. Remember little kids uh, playing around in the garage and there's an old refrigerator or at the dump site. And they open it on, the door's on, and they climb inside, and they shut it, and they can't get out. Yep. Those things have happened in the past, and that's why you take the doors off.
0: Yep, yeah. exactly. Or
1: block it, or block it somehow. Or block, yeah, yeah. that would work too. Yeah.
0: So, somehow lock it from the outside so nobody can yeah. get into it.
1: Well, we are a treasure trove of information this morning, aren't yeah, we?
0: Yeah, that, that, and that, that was kind of dark. <laughs> that's for be sure. be honest with you.
1: Well, I'll tell you, you know, talking about something that's dark, we have something that's even darker here. I don't know if you've kept on this. Again, this is down in the... Uh, Coon Rapids area, but there's a guy that's been arrested. There was a disappearance of uh, his old girlfriend, and apparently they found her dismembered in a storage unit tied to him. Oh,
0: I did see that.
1: And now there's a second woman that he was linked. He's been linked to who is also uh, murdered. Oh. And uh, and the last time people heard from this woman was in 2021, and this year a caller reported her disappearance. Of the human trafficking. Uh, uh, tip line so apparently this guy was involved in bad stuff and these uh, two women uh, somehow came across him one way or another and they ended up horribly and they have the guy in uh, custody and he's going to go away for a long long time unfortunately two lives are dead and families uh, are destroyed because of this
0: yeah it's awful just terrible stuff uh, 218-722-0839. If you'd like to talk to Mr. Atkins, we'll continue after a news update. 828 at KDAL. 834 at KDAL right now. Clouds moving in. 62 at the airport. 61 right now in Superior. Downtown Duluth also at 61. And here is Neil.
1: Here we are. Back again.
0: Yeah. Well. Like we,
1: that's what we never left, though. You know, no, we're still here. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't move around or anything no. like that. Well, we've got sidewalk days today. I just uh, kind of texted a buddy of mine here to see if he wanted to have coffee, and apparently they're embroiled and trying to set up for sidewalk days. Yep. and and they had them assigned uh, ways away from where their offices are in the skywalk, so they had to haul tables all over the place and set up down there. uh, He's the guy. Well, Ron's been here, Ron Brochu, Lake Superior Magazine and Business. So they'll be set up down there. But uh, parking is going to be a nightmare, so be prepared, folks. If you're coming downtown to have some fun with sidewalk days, uh, be prepared to uh, walk a few blocks. If you're coming downtown to do business, be prepared to... Uh, find a spot to park and make sure you know that uh, S- Superior Street is going to be all shut down from what about Fourth Avenue West down to what uh, Lake Avenue or First Avenue East, probably First Avenue East, I think, right off uh, Lake, Lake Avenue. Lake, Lake Avenue, yeah, it's Lake okay. Avenue. So, so just be aware of that. It goes until Saturday, and uh, they're all. It's a it's a great event. So have a it lot is. of fun with it. So, but um, so Bruce and I were kind of talking about the can of worms down here. Yeah. The big construction, the hundreds of millions of dollars that they're putting into redoing that part of the freeway and those interchanges. And by the way, you know, on Interstate 35, Duluth, Minnesota, that can of worms up there was the only place where there was a stoplight in all of I 35 from Duluth to Texas. The only place. And that was how it was configured originally. And now with the new configuration, it's not uh, that's not going to be that way when this is all done in right. a year or so. Who do we have on the horn?
0: Uh, we got a caller on the horn. Let's see here. Hi. Who's this?
2: Hi, this is Julie.
1: Julie, how are Good you? Late.
2: I'm doing fine. How are you, Neil?
1: Good. Hanging in there. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to let you know that someone stole the toilet from the police station.
2: The What? What? the toilet yeah Now they have nothing to go on <laughs> oh, julie thank you Come on.
1: wow
0: i can't believe i fell for that
1: julie i think you know we have our friend jerry that comes out with some jokes i think you need to confer with him because that was a good one that was a good one <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks, thanks. have thank you a good day. You right. too. <laughs> thank you boy she reeled us in on that one didn't well, she? did you see what
0: happened uh, last night at the mega
1: mall no
0: somebody broke into the lego factory Police are trying to you know piece the whole thing together. <laughs>
1: okay. I gotcha. I, got you. I, I very had to. Nice. very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Julie, good one. You get that a was five, very five, well done. Five stars. Huh?
0: Yeah, you get a gold star. I don't know where you are going to get that gold star from. You should get one for that. That was good.
1: So, uh, so anyway, we're talking about the can of worms down here, and it's going to be done in a year or so. Yeah, and-
0: I think this fall, uh, the Wisconsin exit. Uh, on to northbound 35, and then northbound 35 to Wisconsin, I think, are both opening up this fall. Okay. I think that's the plan, and then the rest of it opens up next fall.
1: So when I drive out there, uh, west uh, headed to West Duluth uh, for wh- whatever reason, I'm going out there, and I generally go out there, uh, I'm just amazed. And when I go over to Superior Town via Garfield Avenue, that's how you got to go by the uh, Goodwill and come up there to go across the Blatnick Bridge. I'm looking at these huge pylons, yeah. These, these structures for the ramps to connect, and how they're lined up. I know the engineers, once they're done and together, they'll fit perfectly. Like we're putting together a puzzle, but it's not like when we put the jumbled pieces of the puzzle, we're trying to figure out where they all go and we finally get it. These guys know exactly Yeah where every piece of every, rebar, concrete, everything. and everything's going to connect up. And you were mentioning to me, it's like you talk to an engineer, and what were you saying that he told so, you? So
0: the, the Lute News Tribune, I want to say it was last summer. One of the reporters went over there and, and got the tour of the construction site, and they went over, to, you know, took some pictures and videos and went over a bunch. And there may have been other outlets that did this as well. I remember reading it in the Tribune. And the and the engineer guy, I cannot remember his name, but he's like, basically, like, I can see the whole thing. Like, right now, I can see how it's all going to look. And I was, you know, at this point, I drive through there every day. I live out in Proctor. So I drive to and from from downtown every day. So I'm going through that on, on a daily basis. And I look around like, I can't see any of this coming together. <laughs> I have no idea what it's going to look like. I've looked at the renderings. I've looked at the drawings. I've oh. looked at the videos that MnDOT has posted. I can't envision any of this. And this guy's like, yeah, I can see the whole thing. It's just amazing how differently minds work.
1: Well, and, and the training and the people that yeah. go into the engineering field—it's uh, you know, you you really—it's it, got to be your forte. You know, and I know a number of uh, people that are architects in the community, and they're designing buildings, they're designing the piping that go here, the electric that goes there, this and that. And uh, when you look at the tower that was built over here for Essentia, how that all came together and how that all... And I know there's a few snafus here and there with every project. Yeah. But it all comes together, and uh, and it fits literally perfectly. I yeah. had a friend of mine, her brother, was the chief engineer when they redid the Silver Cliff Tunnel up there north of Two Harbors, northeast of Two Harbors there. And remember the old roadway used to go out around the, the deal there, and that roadway they thought was going to collapse, so they yeah. blew through the, the mountain there or the hill and uh and i was you know talking to him about it and this is like 30 some years ago and he's going yeah we get it together and we know exactly when we start on one spot we know where it's going to come out at the other spot and we they've schematically and figured it out and and you know today we've got better gps than they did back then but still it's uh figuring figuring that out is something else i'll tell you and uh and My hats off to all those people that do that. Oh yeah, make yeah. it work.
0: It's a it's an incredible undertaking, and uh, it's going to look amazing and and be amazing when it's all done.
1: So now, Bruce, did you ever play an instrument?
0: <laughs> Very funny.
1: Do you know how to read music?
0: No, uh, that right. was part of why I never really got. I saw my parents when I was like probably seven, eight, nine years old mm-hmm. bought me a guitar. It's an acoustic guitar, okay. and I they they there was a. a kind of like a book but it was was printed out on paper as opposed to being a binded book trying to teach yourself how to play it and i found that or somebody found it for me and so i'm going through this i'm trying to learn trying to teach myself and i can't figure out how to read this music so i'm like i i never never picked it up really after that and and that was it but that said it fat music fascinates me
1: it it does me too and i played bass guitar for a while and i uh Took music lessons. I actually took some voice lessons when I was younger, and started to kind of read the music. So I know the highs and lows. But I've got friends of mine. You give them a sheet of music with no words on it, or the melody, and they can go da 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 da, yeah. da, da, da. And I'm looking at that. I'm going. That's just a jumble. It's similar to what these guys. That vision that the guy, yeah, the engineer, can see the deal there. Yeah. And if you're tuned in. It's just amazing. The thing that really amazed me, an old girlfriend of mine and I was uh, really active and wanting to go to the symphony. And so she dropped me into going down to the symphony. And I'd sit there, and I'd watch this group of close to 100 people directed by the, the director.
0: Yeah, the conductor. Guy. Conductor. Yeah.
1: And I'd watch all these people playing this song coming together, and I was more, I, I was more amazed at watching them Perfectly rendering this music, whether it was you know whoever it was from Brahms or whoever it was from, and although we were sitting there one night and they were playing kind of a robust deal, and I was tapping my foot, <laughs> and people were glaring at me right because you don't do that at the symphony, Bruce, yeah, you stay there and then you applaud when it's done politely applaud yep <laughs> so so I learned a little bit on that. Yeah. But I was just amazed watching these uh, 70, 80 people come together and and do a perfectly rendi- rendition of of some of the classics.
0: Yeah, we got to uh, – my parents had the – when Lucius Woods first opened and installed by Solon Springs, they, had the, they would get the season tickets every year. And they had the DSSO down there I think twice a summer just incredible what an environment the band shell down there is perfect it's a great place to watch a show and they were so good yeah
1: Uh, it's 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 amazing to watch it all unfold and, and uh to be that that uh professional about uh being able to bring that together and 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 tune in and collaborate together Yep. and have you know whether it's the drum guys or the saxophone or the trumpets or the violins and you have this string of violins and you've got the lead the lead violist yeah and and uh who is like second in command to the conductor basically and it's it's just amazing to watch it unfold
0: it is eight forty-five. that's our time more with neil to come on KDAL.
1: Eight forty-seven at KDAL.
0: and clouds kind of moving on in Sixty two at Duluth International, sixty one superior, sixty one downtown. Here's Neil.
1: It's not supposed to rain though, Bruce, is it? A slight
0: chance of rain. Okay. I haven't looked at the radar though. I suppose I should do that. I'm i was watching
1: both uh, I watch I'll I'll get up in the morning and watch uh Channel Six and then I'll uh before I come in uh here in the morning, then they're they off and it goes to the national, so I go to Fox and watch yeah. the Fox weather guy too. So I kinda get both both sides of it and they were saying the same thing you just did. Yeah, though. there's really
0: nothing out there right now on the radar, which you can see for yourself at KDAL610.com, by the way.
1: So we got a couple callers. With yeah, cooking here?
0: Yeah, yeah. Jerry, you want to get on here first because he says, <laughs> I got one for him,
1: and uh, it made you laugh immediately. <laughs> All right, Jerry. Come on now. You're going to trump Julie. Come on now. Do it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Noah's Ark. All the animals are getting off the ark, and Noah says to each one of them, go forth and multiply. All of them got off the ark except little snakes way in the bottom. They're crying. Noah says, what's the matter with you guys? We can't multiply, Noah. We're adders. (sighs) Oh.
0: Okay, not bad.
1: Jerry, okay. Not bad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jerry, you get a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Great. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Thank you,
0: Jerry. Appreciate it.
1: We have uh, Tom from over in Port Wing.
2: Hey, good morning. Howdy. Um, Just because when it happened, I know I had called your show And that was uh, when Trinity Smith, the nine-year-old girl, was uh, bouncing on a trampoline, having a lot of fun, and some worthless human being came along and uh, put a bullet in her head. And some of the the details are are pretty outrageous now that the court trial is done. And this guy, unfortunately, did not get what I thought he should have gotten which would have been uh, uh, the end of his life because he took the life of a nine-year-old girl who was yep. having a great time. Was, he a, na- was, was he a
1: neighbor or something or just a random guy? No,
2: he, he was a gangbanger, Neil. Okay, all and right. The girls, the kids were jumping on this trampoline and in the background were three of uh, another gang member. I got gotcha. you. His yep. rivalries, yep. and this useless person, Chose to shoot seven shots through the jumping girls on the trampoline, the gangbangers on the other side yeah. of it, and he ended up hitting Trinity Smith in the head and killed her.
1: Say, Tom, I got and, a, I got a question for you. Why? Yeah. I know there's outrage for mass shootings out there, okay, and especially these guys that go into malls and whatever the case is. But now, a mass shooting can be gangbangers shooting a bunch of people too. Why isn't the outrage out there on this stuff in the country versus some of the other? I mean, there are are hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of gang-related or drug-related killings, and the collateral damage with a nine-year-old getting killed. People should be protesting in the streets, that sort of thing, and they don't. Why is it?
2: I'll tell you in a nutshell because it's black-on-black black crime. And there was also, when that, that happened, there was Davian, uh, another young black boy who was in his house, took a bullet to the head. He no longer can speak, oh. okay, since then. There was another girl in the McDonald's. Her mama was taking her to get McDonald's as a treat. She also took a bullet and died. So, and this happened rather rapidly, and th- that's why it, it really stuck with me. And, and it's it's almost all exclusively gang related. Well, and I know in the
1: Twin the Cities absolute... they've in the Twin Cities now they've started to go after some of the gangs on there and use the RICO Act, which is the Organized Crime uh, Act, to go after some of these gangs. And uh, you know, I I, I would just hope that na- nationwide this occurs.
2: Oh, exactly! I don't know what took them so long. We've had Rico on the books for for years and years and years, and all of a sudden now, yeah, every gang banger should be uh, worried that they're they're next on the list. Oh,
0: that's but, for
2: sure. Uh, Trinity's uh, she her her killer actually is facing justice of thirty some years. It's not the full justice. These other two cases have never been solved. The the, the killers in those cases are just. Or, or the one that disabled David I, I, are just out there in the community doing again. You've seen these guys shooting; yep. they shoot sideways. They don't care who's there. It's just a matter of instilling fear in the other gang. Yeah, it's just bla- they blasting away. People.
1: They're they're not accurate yeah. uh, uh, marksmen or anything like that. It's just blasting away, and who's ever in the way gets killed, like this young girl. Thanks, Tom. Good, yes. good to hear from you. I really appreciate your comments. Oh, man, I'll tell you, it it, it never ends there, Bruce. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something. This is something that I've been following. It kind of started in the Twin Cities with that whole food fraud deal going on. And we started this uh, within the last year, and we've been following it. Well, now it's even worse. That was $250 million, right? And there's about uh, 15 to 20, there's 60-some people indicted. People are going to prison. There's millions of dollars. And it was unfortunately generally orchestrated through the uh, Somali and ethiopian communities down in the Twin Cities with the defrauding. Uh, the woman that was in charge that actually got charged on it, she wasn't a part of it. She was coordinating one of the programs. And uh, she ended up getting charged in collusion and all this. Well, this has nothing to do with that. It has to do with even more. Now, there were, what was it, about a trillion dollars that went out during the COVID Something, Something like, like that, a. yeah, yeah a lot we, of money. We were talking about this yesterday, I had a economist in town that we were talking about stuff, and anyway, talking about all the money that went into the economy. Well, wouldn't you, trillions of dollars, you had the PPP loans, you had people getting unemployment, you had this and that and everything. Well now apparently analysts have found that fraudsters have potentially took more than two hundred and eighty billion in the relief monies that were available through the federal government. Yeah. During the whole COVID deal, uh, and it goes on and on. Criminals and gangs grabbed the money, but so did uh, well, so did a soldier in Georgia, the pastors of a defunct church in Texas, a former state lawmaker in Missouri, and a roofing contractor in Montana. Uh, this is a Minneapolis uh, paper again, a headline story, and it just goes on and on as they start digging into this, and uh, the. Uh, more than $250 billion in COVID relief funding, another $123 billion was wasted and misspent. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Uh, that's nuts. It, it's, yeah. It, Any, uh, anytime you give the government a blank check, you know what happens.
0: Well, and, and especially with that, it was so quickly put together, understandably so, right? Because mm-hmm. it, was, it was unprecedented what was happening at, at that point. But there was so little oversight.
1: And that this is the problem and I know the the governor in Minnesota got himself into trouble over the feeding deal down there because of the lack of oversight. Now the state legislature has passed new regulations yeah. for more oversight, but the oversight should have always, always been there. Yes. And or if it was it was never Oversight. Yeah, you didn't, they didn't. They didn't oversee the oversight or something. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, thanks, Bruce. Thank you, Neil. We'll see you on Friday. How's uh, that sound? All right. Adios, everybody. Have a great day and enjoy sidewalk days if That's you come right. downtown.
0: Come on down downtown. It's wide open now. Sidewalk days happening all day today, tomorrow, and a Thursday.